It is Thursday, November 30th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the St. John's River Water Management District. And now, a guy who really doesn't want to do anything for 30 years, J.P. Shatrick. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday, the final day of November, November 30th. J.P. Shadrick, no Jeff Lagerman this week. He'll be back with us next week. We've got a busy two hours ahead, though, ahead of this Monday night football matchup. The Bengals and the Jaguars coming up. Bengals 5-6, and six, the Jaguars 8-3. and three. Monday night football for the first time for the Jaguars since 2011. We'll hear from Hall of Fame semifinalist Fred Taylor. I caught up with him earlier today. We'll hear that conversation about... Oh, 15 minutes or so. And then head coach Doug Peterson joins us in studio at 5 o'clock, as he always does. We'll get his thoughts going into this Monday night matchup. Well, as uh, Joe Fortunato referenced right off the top of the show, it is the 30th anniversary today of the NFL announcing the expansion, Jacksonville Jaguars. And you see it all over the social media accounts for the Jaguars today, some of the flashbacks and things. So check it out on Jaguars Instagram, uh, Jaguars YouTube, Jaguars on X as well, and a lot to look forward to there. And, um, of course, we're kind of flashing back this week to the last Monday night football appearance in 2011. And what has changed for the Jaguars since then? Well, pretty much everything has changed for the Jaguars since then. The ownership has changed. They've had now seven head coaches since that Monday night football game, including two interims. Mel Tucker was the interim that night on in uh, December 5th, 2011. Nine different starting quarterbacks, four different VP of football ops slash GMs. Um, it has been uh, quite a change and a long time coming for the Jaguars to be back on Monday night football. And that's exactly where they are this Monday against the Cincinnati Bengals. And, uh, you know, they've got, Steady ownership. They've got a steady head coach. They've got a quarterback. They've got a defense that's playing well with a star pass rusher, and uh, they're winning football games. And they did certainly down the stretch last year in dramatic fashion to win the division and won a wild playoff game in dramatic fashion, of course. And that opens the eyes of TV executives and league executives and the people who make those decisions for the big primetime games. And yes, uh, the opposition was going to help a little bit, too, with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow not available. He's out for the year with that wrist injury, but, hey, the Jaguars remain, and it should be a fantastic scene. Uh, it's a, a blackout. The Jaguars will wear all black in the game. Uh, fans are encouraged to wear all black as well. There is a pregame light show, so go to the Jaguars app, and you can see it right there on the official Jaguars app, the, a big banner on the top of that, how to sign up for the light show to have your phone or mobile device as part of that light show uh, during the introductions for the game. So uh, check that out. There will be a halftime concert as well. I mean, there's a lot going on on Monday night. And, of course, it's airing on ESPN, ABC, and then the Manning cast also on ESPN, too. This is Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's Water it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick with you on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, and Jaguars YouTube today. And speaking of Monday Night Football, Doug Peterson speaking with the media today on the spotlight ahead. I, I think maybe the closer we get to the game, possibly. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm going to keep 
talking to these guys about is just controlling emotion, you know, just staying in the moment, obviously, uh, just focus on your job, you know, this week and you don't have to go out of your way or do anything extra special, you know, um, just, um, just do your process. Well, yeah, the process is pretty much the same uh, leading into a Thursday night game in terms of the day of the game. It's just obviously the short week on Thursday night football, and now you got an extra day. Doug Peterson moved back the schedule by a day, so Thursday, today, is actually what would be a normal Wednesday and move on down the rest of the week the, the same way tomorrow, and then Saturday the team will be practicing, and then a walk through Sunday and then play it on uh, Monday Night Football. Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback, also visiting with the media today. And he understands that the franchise has to earn that spotlight on Monday night. I think it shows that we're, you know, a team that's playing well, that, you know, had a little bit of success last year and has earned an opportunity to play on one of the bigger stages, which, I, which is cool to be recognized in that light. But at the end of the day, um, still got a job to do and take care of business on Monday is the only thing we're thinking about is just finding a way to to win the game so you know we gotta we gotta maximize the opportunity and take advantage of it but it doesn't change anything you know we might just have some more people watching the game and it's a night game and it's on Monday you know that's the only difference but um same job same task for us yeah what's the balls on the tee it is a football game 60 minutes of it at the bank coming up this Monday night in the Bengals-Jaguars matchup is presented by Florida Blue, proud to be the exclusive health insurance partner and support the Jacksonville community as the official community partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On the other side of things, we mentioned Joe Burrow. He's out with the wrist injury for the Cincinnati Bengals. We were looking forward to that head-to-head -head matchup, Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. We saw it, of course, a couple years ago up in the Cincinnati on that Thursday night game, the Jaguars were in that game. They lost a tough one late, and we know what happened in the weekend after that. That's an, another story for another time. Uh, but this week, it's Jake Browning who will get the start at quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Browning is was an undrafted player when he came into the league, and finally this year getting a shot to be the backup. He won the backup job in training camp this year in Cincinnati, and two weeks ago had to jump in there in relief of Joe Burrow when he hurt his wrist and started last week's game the Bengals still have a shot they have playmakers around Browning but Doug Peterson today discussing as he would know very well the backup quarterback's role down the stretch for Cincinnati you just got to watch all the all the clips right you just got to go back and, and look at all his his body work and and, and see and, and then how how they're you know how they're using them within this system there's not a lot of Obviously, not a lot of um, you know reps in the offense. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure going to try to you know get the ball out of his hand quickly, and and he does a pretty good job of that. You know, the short to intermediate stuff and screen game has been real effective. You know, for them and um, you know so empty formations, things of that nature that that sort of you know for a quarterback sort of simplify the defense a little bit. You know, um, so there's ways of of looking at all that. Um, but it just comes down to doing your, your responsibility. So that's Doug Peterson. The uh, full press conferences from Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence available on Jaguars.com and uh, the Jaguars' YouTube page as well. We mentioned some of the weapons around him. Well, well Joe Mixon and the, and the Bengals aren't necessarily running the ball especially well. Mixon, 621 yards, four touchdowns this year. He's not been over 100 yards this season. Jamar Chase, though, on the other hand, the wide receiver right there, 
near the top of the NFL and one of the real talented wide receivers in this game today. 75 catches, 914 yards and six touchdowns. And uh, touchdowns in uh, three of his last five games, in fact. He had a three-touchdown game back uh, October 8th at Arizona and has sprinkled in single-touchdown games uh, over the the last five outings for him. He's been over 100 four different times this year. Uh, Him and Boyd are are really important for this offense, Uh, but Boyd's been relatively quiet the last couple weeks with uh, Joe Burrow down. Uh, This is a Jaguars defense that uh, just coming out of the locker room now, uh, listening to Josh Allen tell it at least, you know, they're going to get back to taking the football away, and uh, the, the formula, at least, in this matchup this week would be obviously again to stop the runs, make it where Browning has to throw that football and get it out or hang on to it a little more and you can get some pressure on the quarterback. That's always the idea with this defense, though. That's always priority number one is stopping the run. They did that again last week against Houston, and that's the idea this week against Cincinnati. If you can get it in Browning's hands, uh, keep it in his hands, and then you'll you'll have a shot to get some takeaways. The Jaguars have fallen, by the way, in the takeaway totals uh, down to second in the NFL. The the Denver is actually at number one with 22 takeaways now. San Fran and Buffalo uh, with 22. Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Jacksonville actually tied for fourth now with 20 takeaways, and that's a a prideful number for this Jaguars defense trying to get back on track in that department this week. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair, furniture for fans. Plenty coming up in a little bit. We'll uh, have Kai Stevens in studio with us. Brian Sexton scheduled to join us at 445 today. The Doug Peterson Show is at 5 o'clock. Fred Taylor coming up in just a moment. Pride of the Jaguars running back was named a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we'll get his thoughts on that and maybe what's ahead. Uh, Let's get him in the room to all those selectors to make those uh, votes. Uh, That's coming up in just a few moments. Earlier this week on the Rich Eisen Show, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence visited with Rich and this audio courtesy of the Rich Eisen Show. And now every week it feels like the Jaguars have something to prove to the league, to the division, and to themselves. Yeah, 100%. You know, you look at the games, including last week and, you know, before that game, all the games that we have left on our schedule, and I think we have an opportunity every week to prove something. And, that, and it's that week, it's that way every week anyways, but you mm-hmm. look at the teams that we're playing, you know, big win last week in Houston, a team, like you said, it's playing really well. CJ's obviously playing great. The team's playing well. And they, they were getting hot, you know, and I think that was a big win for us because if we, you know, we lose that game, we're tied for the lead. And I, I guess they get the tiebreaker because they, they beat us twice. So, I mean, that game was huge. And then we don't really control our own destiny for the rest of the season. You know, you can you can kind of hope you get a wild card spot or, or anything like that or, you know, hope that Houston loses some games. But you don't want to be in that spot. You want to control your own destiny. So that was the first step. And then this week, obviously, a big AFC opponent. Um, and just looking where we're at, we just got to take it one week at a time. You know, we got a chance to do something special, put ourselves in a great position entering the postseason. Um, you know, but we got to take it one week at a time, and this will be a great opportunity. Hasn't been a Monday night football in Jacksonville in a long time. So I know everybody's excited for that, and uh, we just got to make the most of it. Yeah, you got a Sunday nighter home against Baltimore coming up down the road as well. And in terms of your development, how are you better now than, than when you were even at the beginning of the season, do you think? 
What do you got for me there? Yeah, I think I'm just continually becoming more consistent. You know, every week I think I'm, for the most part, making better decisions, um, taking care of the ball. That's something that since my rookie year, just been an emphasis, taking care of the ball, making good decisions. You still got to play with instincts. You got to go play. You can't uh, be scared to let it rip. So I think there's a balance in all that. But um, yeah, I think those are the biggest things. Accuracy. I think that's something that has probably been my biggest improvement since my rookie year. Um, I think about halfway during the season last year, I really took a jump in that area and just giving our guys chances, um, whether it's outside, you know, wherever you know i think just accuracy in general i've I've gotten a lot better um and then just like i said decision making all those things and just making the right play at the right time you know i think there's a time and a place uh you gotta have some judgment on when you want to take shots and take chances and i think you know i'm getting better at all that still a lot of improvement to be done you know i think we need to get better at finishing games you know we had an opportunity to kind of put houston away last week and weren't able to do it so always stuff you can get better at but i do uh, i like the the strides that you know, I've taken and that this offense has taken this season. And then how about playing with discomfort? You learning how to do that? Because I'm assuming there's got to be some there. You're not wearing a brace for style points. You know what I mean? So <laughs> what about that? Yeah, yeah you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better, okay. thankfully. You know, it doesn't bother me as much to move around. It's more of just a kind of precautionary thing. You just don't want to get rolled up on and kind of re-injure the knee. So this point it's feeling good like the last couple of weeks i think really the tennessee game and uh this this last week against houston i felt 100 percent comfortable moving around and just playing normal so those are the first two weeks in a while that i felt that way so that's exciting you know for the stretch that we got ahead of us that i you know i can feel that way because there's nothing worse than feeling like you can't necessarily do everything um and react the way you want to in games you know that's that's not a good feeling especially as a quarterback that is Trevor Lawrence on the Rich Eisen Show yesterday. Our thanks to the Rich Eisen Show and uh, courtesy to them for that audio. And, yeah, Trevor Lawrence coming off his second-best career passing day, 364 yards last week in Houston, and they left a lot on the table. I mean, remember the, the drop by Calvin Ridley. Um, remember the points before halftime they didn't get. I remember the interception right after halftime. I mean, he was – I'm not that far away from his career high, about four yards more. And, yeah, they left a lot out of the table and, and felt like they were up and down the field on Houston and just were turned away a few different times and, and probably could have made that a bigger spread than it ended up being. But, uh, hey, uh, it's a learning process. They got it done. They figured it out in the third quarter and early in the fourth and, and got the job done by inches on the uh, missed field goal that hit the crossbar last week. And now it's on to three straight against the AFC North. Of course, it starts this week with the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. Plenty ahead. We'll return in a moment, though, with pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor. I caught up with Freddie T today. He is a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024. His reaction and much more ahead. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, and Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, no Jeff Lagerman this week. Coming up in a little bit, Kai Stevens, Jaguars reporter, joining us in studio about 4.30 or so. And about 4.45, Brian Sexton, 
senior correspondent will be with us. Then at 5 o'clock, it's the Doug Peterson Show. We'll hear from the Jags head coach uh, here in studio. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. Had a chance to catch up today with pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor. We do it every week on the official Jaguars podcast network. It usually runs the day before the game. But plenty to get to today about the Hall of Fame announcement. He is one of 25 semifinalists for the class of 2024, the fifth year in a row that Fred has been a semifinalist, trying to take that next step. He's now finally, again, a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm good, man. Thank you so much. It feels good to be back amongst those uh, top 25 and be a semifinalist uh, for the fifth time, I believe. Uh, That's encouraging. You know, I, I think that, you know, the more opportunities I am a semifinalist, I, I should be able to crack the room, the top 15, as we like to call it, and be able to get in the room. So where the conversation gets a bit more serious uh, and people pay a little bit more attention to you, uh, to your resume and the things you were able to do as a player. Um, I like my chances this year of, of getting in the room. Uh, chances of being, um, you know, uh, nominated, for the, the, the final five, you know, you kind of play, look at the list and do this and do that. You know, not that I'm being pessimistic, but I'm being more realistic. Uh, when you look at those guys, uh, breaking that list down, I think Julius Peppers got to go. Antonio Gates got to go. These are two guys who are uh, uh, statistically in the top five at their respective positions. Uh, Torrey Hope, he's been a semifinalist. I believe this is his 10th year. He's also been a finalist. So, they have a backlog of receivers. They got to start clearing some of those guys out. So I believe they'll probably take two receivers this year. Maybe Tory, maybe Reggie Wayne, uh, Jared Allen, who's who had a monster career as well. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, Devin Hester, one of the greatest returners ever. You know, are they going to make him wait? Or are they going to look and say, hey, you're supposed to be in there? Uh, so when you try to crunch those numbers and say, how can we, it's five guys. Are they ever going to push it to seven? <laughs> like You can take two more, right? You can increase it by 20% or so and uh, create uh, uh, room and more space and get rid of a bit of a backlog there. But I don't know. You know, I, I say all that to say I'm thankful uh, when it happens. God timing is the best timing. But for now, JP, it's time for Monday Night Football in Duval, baby. And that's what it's about. Fred Taylor with us. All right, let's get to Monday Night Football. The first time the Jaguars have played on Monday night since 2011. It has been a long, long time. Wayne Weaver was the owner. Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback. Mel Tucker was the interim head coach. Maurice Jones-Drew had like 180 scrimmage yards in the game. Phillip Rivers threw three touchdowns. Uh, Mr. Weaver had announced the week before that he was going to sell the team and had fired Jack Del Rio. That's how long ago this was. So, There's been a lot that has happened for the Jags franchise since 2011 to have this Monday night platform now means that there's stabilization. There's a quarterback, there's a head coach, there's an organization that is uh, balanced again and and ready to move forward. And that's a, you know, that it takes all of that and a really good football team to be televised on Monday night. Yeah. Who needs chat GPT when we got chat JP Chad? Man, you just ran off a list of amazing things that happened. I mean, a long time ago, not necessarily amazing things, but just your memory and 
just recalling those events. Uh, Mr. Weaver still on him, Mel Tucker, uh, being a coach, the interim coach, Jack Slack, man, that's a, a long list. Mojo having an amazing uh, performance there. Uh, you know, but it, it, it's now here we are. You said it. You have to have a good team. You have to earn these. Uh, uh, well, Jacksonville has to earn these Monday night games because the Monday night game we saw a week ago, that Chicago, Minnesota stuff. You're like, why do you even put these teams on TV? But I digress. You know, I'm tired of seeing the Raiders on TV. I'm tired of seeing the Jets on prime time. Jacksonville has earned the right to play these primetime games. You have a, a star quarterback in the making. You have an amazing running back that he hands the ball off to. You have a defender who's in the top of, uh, 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 in sacks and, and uh, our Josh Allen, not the other Josh Allen who's kind of going backwards, but our Josh Allen, he's making an impact on the defense and helping those guys lead the way and play as well as they've been playing. And that's what they're going to need Monday night versus Cincinnati is not as sexy as we thought it would be because they don't have Joe Burrow, but it's a Monday night game in Duval, in the first coast. You know, it gives our fans an opportunity to come out, be under the lights, uh, enjoy their tailgate all day. I'm not going to say what they're going to be doing out there, but you know what they're going to be doing out there, JP. And they're going to come in the stadium ready to root on their team. Who's going to walk away with a win? Because they know the impact, they know the magnitude, and I believe these guys are going to come out with a sense of urgency, and they're going to, you know, eat some Bengals. Fred, as a player, when you saw Monday night on the schedule, what did that do for you? Is it at some point it's still a football game? However, <laughs> the lights are on. It's the only game. It's the last game of the week. You know, JP, I just did a couple uh, interviews um, uh, to talk about. Jack's USL, the soccer club that we're bringing to uh, Jacksonville. And I was asked the same question uh, for the most part. And it went a, a little something like this. My first Monday night game, I didn't know the magnitude of the game. All I knew was the night game. Back in Gainesville, <clears throat> we played plenty of games in the swamp under the lights. In high school, you play under the lights. So I'm thinking it's kind of the same thing almost, but it is so totally different. That atmosphere is, I mean, you can see the, the steam coming off your head. The stuff you used to look at Monday night games and see the players, especially when you play in the cold. But you don't need to play in the cold to get that steam. But it just looks so sexy, you know, coming off the players' heads. And I'm like, I got steam coming off my head. So that was kind of one of my first Monday night thoughts. Um, I was stretching on the sidelines, quick Monday night story, stretching on the sideline, 1998, my rookie year, Joe Sheehan, former trainer, who's now my really close friend. And uh, we're stretching. And I told Joe, man, this is going to be a good game. And Joe said, why don't you, why don't you go and break one? Just take the first play and just go and break one. And then we'll come back and finish stretching. I hop up, the offense goes out. Very first play of Monday night. Coach Coughlin called a 39 boss, which is a stretch run outside zone to the left. I told myself all week, if Zach Thomas overcommits, I'm going to cut it back. Everything lined up beautifully. Much like I studied during the week, Zach overran the play. I cut it back and I outran their entire defense. First play of my Monday night NFL career was a touchdown. I thought all Monday nights were going to be that way. <laughs> but uh, they're all exciting equally exciting and you get up for them it's still a game but the atmosphere man the players we love it I'm talking about we absolutely love it and I think the fans do too 
Fred Taylor, proud of the Jaguars running back with us. Let's get into this Jaguars team now, Fred. And and last week, so the Jaguars gave up the lead. It was 14-13 Houston. The Jags had missed some opportunities right before halftime and then a turnover at the start of the second half, and it was slipping a little bit. Well, after they lost the lead, the Jags offense scored on their next two possessions, yep. and the Jags defense made stops on their next two possessions. And previous teams in different iterations of this Jags team would have wilted and just folded and it's over. And here come the Texans. Not, no, no, not, not this group. This, this is a step in the <clears throat> progression for this organization and this team when, yeah, you lose the lead, but they know how to go get it back and, and, and turn and flip that switch. It feels like now. Yeah. They don't flinch. You know, I love this group that they don't flinch. They, they believe that, they can go out there and they can make the plays that need to be made and get it done to put themselves in position to win. You know, and I think that starts with uh, Coach Peterson. You know, Doug, he just has this conviction and his confidence that, you know, we're going to make good things happen. You look at, you know, the, the, the first and goal from the one with the second left prior to the half, you know, that was a decision that he didn't have to think twice about. Went out there attempted it it didn't work they didn't they didn't get flustered you know it, it was st stay the course steady the course and they went on about their game methodically as planned and it didn't always go in the direction that they had hoped for but it's the nfl the other teams have to get credit as well for making plays and going out there competing and showing effort uh this team plays with extreme effort i think the um the 49ers game I think it woke them up, you know, I, I think it woke them up and thankfully it was at a point during the season where it ain't no more bye weeks. It's time to just go out there and play ball. It's time to regain our momentum, regain, you know, our confidence. Look at uh, Calvin Ridley, didn't have a catch at the half. He went out there, finished with five catches, uh, almost a hundred yards, uh, the big touchdown, the big two point conversion. That's a confidence booster. Having Zay Jones back, a confidence booster. Uh, being able to get some of those other guys back are gonna at different points of the season gonna be confidence boosters. So this team believes in itself. I think they they they're doing a good job of managing distractions and not paying attention to the outside noise and the and the and the late bandwagon people uh, that understand that they have a good team. Uh, they just gotta. And I've always said this: they just gotta handle themselves. Uh, that's what it's about. Uh, because they're the only team that can beat themselves. Uh, the Niners were a good team, but I think Jacksonville, uh, it should have been a closer game, even if they had lost, but they kind of beat themselves into a blowout. Uh, same with Kansas City, the red zone, uh, that, that, that first Texans game with the uh, special team play, um, field goals, this, that, what have you. Um, they just have to stay focused, and they'll be a, a, a pretty good team to try and beat. Fred Taylor with us. All right, final thought with you here, Fred. I mean, the number one seed is still in sight. They need Kansas City to lose at some point. They got to keep winning, obviously, the Jaguars do. But you'll have a head-to-head -head chance against Baltimore in a couple of weeks on Sunday night football. So six games to go. Everything's still out in front for this Jags team, and that's all the motivation you really need. If, if they can somehow pull this number one seed out, that would be an all-timer. You know, that, that would be an all-timer. I think the focus, JP, obviously, again, is uh, week to week. Uh, right here, Cincinnati is in town. 
You know, they got to beat the Bengals. They got to beat the Bengals. We said this in post game. It's week to week because here you still have a Texans team who isn't a bad team. I think their remaining strength of schedule is a lot lighter than what the Jags have. Uh, so Jacksonville just has to, again, worry about themselves and play week to week. Uh, they have, you know, the Bengals. They got the Browns. They have the Ravens, Tampa, Carolina, and the Titans. Uh, you would think, all right, they're a good enough team. They can beat these teams. But it's the NFL. Anybody can beat anybody. Uh, that number one seed, the way this team has played this year, they haven't been great at home. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sort of kind of like, do they want the number one seed for a fan base? Yes. Uh, for the comfort, the luxury of it? Yes. Uh, will it make them complacent? I don't know. Will they? continue the streak of uh, not winning much at home. I, I, you know, I don't know. But um, I think if they continue to win out and KC loses that one game, I believe they will have an opportunity to uh, clinch that number one seed. Uh, but they got to win. You got to win. That's all. That's what it comes down to. The, I say it's simple, but it's not. Uh, the simple thought is go win. The harder thought is to get out there each and every week to actually make it happen. But it starts here with the Bengals. That's Fred Taylor, of course, pride of the Jaguars running back. You can catch the conversation again this weekend on the official Jaguars podcast network. We catch up with Freddie T uh, each week on Countdown to Kickoff on the Jaguars radio network as well. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. Coming up in a moment, Kai Stevens joining us in studio for the latest ahead of this Bengals-Jaguars matchup in Week 13 on Monday Night Football. And Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's Water. It's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, no Jeff Lagerman tonight. He'll be back with us next week. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. J.P. Shadrick with you, and Kai Stevens with us now, Jaguars reporter in studio. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I know I'm not Jeff. I'm sitting in a seat, but I'll do my best. This is what we call in the business an upgrade. Oh, hush. Jeff's the best. I say, and I don't just say that because he brings in things his wife has baked or cooked for us That's all the time. True. Have you had the venison no, chili yet? No, I have not. Oh, so I've been hearing. Uh, apparently, Jeff's wife makes delicious venison chili, and I have not had any yet. I know there's an office chili contest, so I assumed he would enter that. But yeah, he may not. Eat. That's a good call. He, he should. Be I'm better. sure if it's as good as I hear, he should win. It's so. it is as good and better than you hear. But he that. brought in candied pecans the other day oh. and I ate a lot of them they're good they're really good it's that time of year they're really good the, the food in the office bit that's kind of yep. how that goes uh come uh, right, right after Thanksgiving and going into December which is tomorrow which is crazy to that's think weird. about uh you know we're talking offense we heard from Trevor Lawrence on the Rich Eisen show earlier and he spoke today you were in there in the press mm -hmm. conference and you know, uh, hey, uh, he's playing really good ball right now. He's got, what, three passing touchdowns and a couple rushing touchdowns the last two weeks and actually three and three, right, mm -hmm. uh, combined. And finding a way to get it done, and it may not be the prettiest and it may not be the best and it may not be 500 yards, 
However, it's winning football, and you know Trevor will take that every week. It is, and it's progressing. I feel there's a little bit. It's a little bit better every week, which you know, not great that we had to start doing this after the bye. But I'll take. I'm not going to be picky at this point. I'll take it. Um, and it's hopefully you're thinking if this can kind of get into the gear we thought it could be at the beginning of the season, it'll be right around playoff time, right? So he's he, you know, last week he had. 364 passing yards could have easily been over 400 with some of the drops and and just being that close to that if we can see the progression to you know multi-touchdown games and throwing the ball I mean that that interception wasn't really his fault in the last game so just being smart with the football um you know he's being quick with getting his passes out um not getting not taking sacks not taking um throwing the ball away when he needs to just being smart you know there were a lot of picks for him for MVP before the season you know, and that's just not, it's not going to be the case this year. And that's I feel, fine. I feel like all across the league though, touchdowns feel down. Am I, yeah. is that just because of, I don't think it's just because of the Jags. Like, like even like obviously Patrick down. Mahomes scoring is down yeah. is what I feel. Yeah. yeah. You're not seeing tons of 30 plus games every week. I mean, even the dolphins, right? I mean, they can put up yards and they put up 70 in one game, but then they were shut down the week after that. Right. I feel like maybe it's just defense has been playing better. But, uh, yeah, across the league, I feel like offense has been down a little bit. Um, So maybe we just haven't seen a lot of that. But maybe the parameters are a little bit different for MVP. We were playing this game before we uh, came back on the air here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 12 touchdown passes this year, seven interceptions. Um, But one guy who has not caught a touchdown pass this year is the guest on All Access Television tonight at String Sports Brewery in Springfield. It's Evan Ingram, the tight end. It is, and Trevor did bail him out. The first thing he said out of out of his mouth when they talked about it um, to Trevor today was like, "Well, to be fair, I haven't thrown that many touchdowns," <laughs> which you know, obviously a perfect Trevor answer. Um, but Evan Ingram's been targeted quite a lot. I'm sure he will find the end zone at some point, but he's like got to be leading tight ends at this point in targets and receptions. And I mean, he's yards the second the- highest targeted receiver on the Jags. Kirk yeah. has 84 targets. Ingram with 82. Right. So he's definitely getting, you know, his fair share of looks, just not in the end zone. Um, Trevor did say he missed him last game, though. There was one that was he threw over his head. Uh, But I'm sure we I'm sure I mean, scoring down in general, I think they'll get the ball to him, I'm sure, whether it's this week or whenever it is. Um, But, you know, winning cures a lot of things that there's not a lot of people on this team that are overly concerned with stats. That's part of what makes them a good team. Um, And if you keep winning, then I think people will be all right with it. They've spread the wealth on those touchdowns. Christian Kirk with three of those. Calvin Ridley with five of those, but three over the last two weeks for Ridley. ETN has one. Zay Jones has two, but it's been a little bit. The Buffalo game, his last score, he's been out a lot. And uh, give us the other one, Kai. One you wouldn't think, right? I'm not going to pretend I knew this. We looked this up already, (laughs) but it's Brenton Strange. Yeah, he had the other one. So there's the 12 touchdown passes. Kai Stevens with us. In studio, Jaguars reporter, uh, you had a chance to catch up with Rayshon Jenkins today off the field. How's Ray? I did. He's the best. Um, just talking a little bit about the defense. Obviously, that DB group is so it's very unique, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's Cisco, Dewey is back there. They're, it's so funny, though, but they get along so well, and they're very tight-knit. Um, so just talking a little bit about that. And he was, uh, Rayshon was with the Chargers before, so talking about playing on Monday night and I think that for everybody really kind of sticks out is like you can make a name for yourself on Monday night. You can change a narrative about yourself. Specifically, the Jaguars haven't been on Monday night in 12 years. So um, you have a good game. You make a play like people will remember that for a long time. So kind of the significance of that and what that means. Pro Bowl voters. Absolutely. I mean, that's what this is about. Jags haven't had 
a Monday or Sunday night window, and, and especially late in the year and forever. So Right, and if they don't see you, they don't know, so... Yeah, and the voting's coming up soon. I mean, it might be underway now. I mean, it's got to be, right? Which is weird it to think. It probably closes down like mid-December, I think, is when it shuts down. So. Yeah, and we only have a couple more weeks to make an impression. It's amazing. There's always six weeks left of the regular season. I know. It's weird. It really is. Tonight, uh, Jaguars All-Access Television, Strings Sports Brewery. What you got tonight? Um, Evan will be with us. Yep. We're going to talk, obviously, about the offense, the resurgence, and a little bit of history as well, because Monday Night Football, and it's the 30th anniversary of the announcement that Jacksonville was getting the Jaguars. So that's pretty cool. That's tonight, 7 o'clock, Fox 30. Uh, get there to Strings, and they have great food. Come hang out. The, bring, beer, the beer is flowing. Bring the kids, bring the dog, whoever. Yeah, it's a good time. The dog, the kids, any, anything you got, bring them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, how many Monday Night games did you cover with New England? I have no idea. To th- I will say to the point and not to like be weird about it, but like when I was like, oh, what do we do? I When I first started here, I was like, oh, what do we do for a Monday night games? And they're like, oh, we haven't had it. And I thought everybody had one. <laughs> and I didn't realize you're only promised a primetime game, which Thursday is included in the primetime game. Every team is not promised a, a Monday or a Sunday. So I really didn't. I, I'm not sure. I know they usually used to play a couple times a year, but that was because they – we're winning all the time. So. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, and and by the way, the league today um, went ahead and scheduled week 15, and they flexed out of Monday Night Football for the first time ever. Okay, what was it? Um, it was um, a Chiefs-Patriots. Yeah, Patriots no, one wants to watch the, no one wants to watch the Patriots now, that's no. for sure. So they flexed out of that. Now the Eagles-Seahawks game will be on Monday night. Much better choice. I would say so. That was a good one. Kai, thanks. We'll see you later. I'll see ya. Have fun. Thanks. Have a good one. Kai Stevens (laughs) joining us. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kai will be at Jaguars All Access TV tonight. Brian Sexton will be in studio here in just a moment. We will dig into the offensive line changes. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. You know what these games mean, and we know we were in this position or a different position, but in a position last year where, you know, from the halfway point of the season on, every game was was a must win for us. And that was the sense of urgency in the field that we had. And so I think there's something to be said. And that's something we've talked about is, is keeping that every week, regardless of, you know, maybe this year we're in a little bit of a better position because we started, we started off the first half of the season better, but still keeping that same sense of urgency. They're all must win games. Every game is, is huge. Um, and it's about setting yourself up for, for the postseason and, and, and so on. So we understand that every game does matter. It really does, especially at the end of the season when everyone's fighting, scratching, clawing for these wins. You know, we, we know the sense of urgency. There's your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, earlier today in his weekly press conference. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water. It's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, no Jeff Lagerman this week. He'll be back next week. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars YouTube. And now joining us in studio, you know him. You love him. That might be an He's exaggeration. He's the senior correspondent for your Jacksonville Jaguars, Brian Sexton. Hi. Good afternoon. Happy anniversary. Yeah, 30th, right? I mean, yeah, this it's a big is day. a big day. 30 years ago today, the announcement came that the Jags 
were get or the Jacksonville was getting an NFL franchise to as of that point unnamed. Unbelievable. Yeah, I can remember being in Wichita, Kansas, and reading the old AP wire, uh, and the printer printed up that Jacksonville had gotten it over St. Louis, and like most people, I was really surprised. Uh, as a St. Louis native, I won't lie to you. At the time, I was disappointed. I, of course, had no idea how it would turn out. Yeah, well, it turned out pretty good. Here's how it turned out. Yeah, That's thirty years sure. later, and it, it goes to show you, folks, thirty years goes by in the blink of an eye. And here we are with a big primetime game with a, a rising team into what I think is the golden age of Jaguars football. I won't tell you what grade I was in in 1993, but that's okay. I I won't do that to you today. Uh, Now to the Monday Night Football thing. And and 2011, the last time we talked about this on Jaguars Reporter, is a podcast available now on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. But there's been a a whole – I mean, there's a a 12 years. I mean, this is – there's a lot of things that have happened for this franchise, good, bad, and different between then and now. It was a totally different organization, not even the yeah. same ballpark. Well, if you just lay it out, that Jack Del Rio had just been fired as the coach. Yeah. Mr. Khan was in the building as the prospective owner, right? But Wayne Weaver still owned the franchise at the time. And uh, Blaine Gabbert was a rookie quarterback. So it's been a long, long time. And the last time they played a Monday Night Football was a really bad night. The yeah. San Diego Chargers, that's who they were back then. And Phillip Rivers came in at 138-14. So it's exciting to be back. I've kind of forgotten the rhythm of a, of, a, of a week with Monday where everything kind of slides. And talking to some players in the locker room today who've been around here, who've played on Monday Night Football, you know, they didn't know what it was. So it's all new. In the end, when the lights go on, it's time to play football. But it's exciting for this franchise to be in this position. It certainly is. That's Brian Sexton, J.P. Shadrick with you on Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon, which is really a Wednesday in Jaguar land today. They got back on the practice field today, Brian. And one of the things to watch out for moving ahead is that offensive line. And Cam Robinson is out for at least four weeks on the reserve injured list with a knee injury, his left knee. So Walker Little moved to left tackle during the game last week. Ezra Cleveland came into the game at left guard. They finished the game. And, hey, this is going to be what it is for the next month, at least up front. Well, I think it has the potential to be pretty good. Uh, I know that you talk to Jeff Lagerman all the time, and he was very high on Ezra Cleveland's performance in Houston last week. Um, Walker Little, it's no, it, you know, it's no surprise to anybody. He's a left tackle. They see him as a left tackle here. The head coach is on record. I talked to Phil Rauscher off the practice field today. He thinks that Walker's length and Walker's ability to move and play in space makes him a more natural uh, left tackle, but he was very appreciative uh, and complimentary of the fact that Walker could step in and go from playing tackle to guard, and that's over the course of a couple of weeks, right? When Cam Robinson comes back, and then all of a sudden, in a game, he goes back to left tackle and plays at a high level. So Walker Little is a really good football player. Ezra Cleveland is a really good football player. By the way, I caught up with Cleveland today mm-hmm. for the first time in the, um, the locker room. Mm-hmm. He really fits this group. And um, the terminology is a bit different. He's still trying to get used to working with a, you know, a new center and a new left tackle. Um, but he knows what Monday Night Football is all about. He likes being a part of a winning team. And just to tease, he is the uh, Baptist Health player interview in oh. the first hour of the Publix Tailgate oh, Show. I can't wait for yeah, that. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Monday at 5 o'clock is the air Yeah, and, and uh, just, you know, we all do this. You, you meet people for the first time. I really liked him. He's an engaging guy. Would you have said otherwise? I just this, wouldn't have said anything. This guy's a jerk. I wouldn't have said. I might. 
I wouldn't have said it. I would have just got glossed right over it and said, and he looks like a big guy who can play tackle, right? I wouldn't have said anything about his personality at all, but um, I mentioned that he fits in well and and had a big smile on his face and seems to be uh, enjoying the warm Florida weather. Guy from Boise, Idaho, played in Minnesota. Oh, wouldn't you? And a good football team. He said, by the way, and I don't think I'm giving anything away from the interview, is that it makes the transition a lot easier when you come to a winning team. I would say so. That's uh, Ezra Cleveland. You can hear that conversation coming up. I, I caught up with Walker Little today. We'll hear that coming up in the Doug Peterson show in the 5 o'clock hour, oh, probably about 30 minutes or so from right now. We'll hear from the Jaguars' left tackle. And uh, now moving ahead, three straight, Brian, against the AFC North uh, this is where we're going to fi- figure it out, right? Yeah. Cincinnati this week, on the road in Cleveland. You never know with the weather next week. They've got a, an injury issue at quarterback and defensive end. And then the big one against the Baltimore Ravens. That's which, the big one. That's the one that should decide everything. Yeah, you know, this was supposed to be the marquee game. I mean, back-to-back, number one overall picks, two great quarterbacks. Uh, you know, there's some remorse for the fact that that's not going to be the, the the show on Monday night. But you still get a Bengals team with playmakers on both sides of the ball. And if you don't come in and play your best football, meaning improvement from last week, right? You know, they got off the mat against the Niners and played the Titans. And then they got better last week. They've got to keep getting better. Um, you know, but it does kind of set up, right? No Joe Burrow the next week. I mean, there's no Deshaun Watson. They're, they're uh, Jedrick uh, Wills, right? Yeah. From uh, Alabama, yeah. of all places. Yeah. Uh, they're down a couple of tackles. They're down maybe Miles Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. So it all sets up, if the Jaguars take care of business and play well this week and next week, that that Sunday night game against Lamar Jackson, uh, it could be for the number one seed. Could be. And I mean, they, they need Kansas City to lose again. And we were talking about this today. I think the Packers get them this week. I think they could. That's they, I mean, at Lambeau. Yeah, the, the, the Chiefs offense just doesn't look as efficient. Uh, and I'm not just saying in terms of the number of points that they're scored, because those are way down. Mm-hmm. It just looks like those new receivers have a ways to go to be what Patrick Mahomes wants them to be. And if you come up against a good defense and everything is focused on stopping 87 and those guys don't make plays, the Chiefs are good. Mahomes is great. Um, but they're not as dominant as they've been in years past. No. So I think I think Sunday night in Green Bay with Jordan Love and that team playing well. And by the way, they get Rashawn Gary back and they get um, – Jair Alexander back. So yeah. that'll be a game to watch. And Gary last week uh, had three sacks on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's it was playing pretty, well. Pretty remarkable day uh, against the Lions. Uh, time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three players on the list this week, Brian. Tyson Campbell with a hamstring limited today. Travis Etienne Jr. with a ribs issue limited today. And Luke Farrell with a toe issue limited today. Those are the only three yeah. listed for the Jags. Relatively healthy team. That's a good news here in, as we move to December. And I don't know about the status of um, of Tyson Campbell. I don't, no one does. He's going to be listed as day-to-day. And I imagine Doug on Saturday when he gives his final uh, press conference will say he's day-to-day. Mm-hmm. You hope he's able to come back. And we've seen him for a half since the first half of the Colts game. But you don't want to press it too much. It's a hamstring, second hamstring. No, I wouldn't press it at all. I wouldn't because you've played pretty well. However, it'd be great to have him this week against Jamar Chase. Yeah, sure. Who Andre Sisco said, oh, yeah, no, he's the best receiver in football. I mean, he's a guy who can break double teams. He's a guy who can do everything. And then T. Higgins could be back this week. He's six foot five. That's a handful. And Tyler Boyd's a guy who's been a 1,000-yard receiver. So it's as good a receiving core as I've seen. Well, uh, they'll have their hands full no matter what happens. That's the injury report. 
a few guys listed for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, most of them are rest-related. Uh, Deontay Smith, the tackle with a knee issue, limited today. Cam Taylor-Britt, the cornerback, quad issue, limited today. And uh, let's see, a hamstring and angel angle for uh, T. Higgins, limited yeah. today, the wide receiver. Now, something about Monday night football might be a good <laughs> elixir for everybody who's hey, nagging. These guys are not out of it yet either. If they somehow can string together yeah. a couple here, it's... Five and six. Look, if if the Jaguars can stop the run and force Jake Browning to beat them, yes. you really like their chances. And the Steelers did a great job stopping the run. Of course, they always do. Uh, Joe Mixon is 6'2", 225. I mean, he doesn't look that big until you stand on the field and, and see him. He's capable of taking over a game. I don't think he will. I think the Jaguars' defense, they know. they got to come downhill on him. Uh, if they stop him, they win. Uh, that's from the uh, mouth of Brian Sexton. It's uh, true. They Just can go do it. Yeah, they can go do it, and uh, it'll have a chance under the lights Monday night, eight fifteen kickoff. We're on the air with the Publix tailgate show at five o'clock Monday, and I can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, you were here for a really big Monday night game. You and I have had this conversation against the Steelers in two thousand six. That's right, the nine the nine nothing game. Mm-hmm. Um, My first Jags game. There are so many. They played 15 times on Monday Night Football. There are so many great memories from Monday night. Well, they didn't lose the first five, right? No, they were awesome. This is amazing. They were awesome. Uh, my favorite, obviously, is Clyde Simmons blocking and Chris Hudson taking it back. Uh, but Fred Taylor with Coward the 77 yard. Punching him on the sideline. Almost punching him on the sideline. <laughs> and a 77 yard return, uh, uh, touchdown run for Fred Taylor on the first play of the game against a great Dolphins defense. I, yeah. Not good, great and fast. And of course. You know, he, uh, he beat the, uh, the, the Broncos the next year. People forget that that was a game-winning touchdown uh, as the Jaguars were en route to securing the number one overall seed in the AFC. So, and he came off the bench because he had a sore hamstring. He had missed six games that year. It was a huge play, and of course, that's what Fred Taylor did. He but made huge plays. There's the huge plays happen every week, but when they happen on a Prime game like speed. this, they're the ones you remember. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and people remember that one in particular because Mike Shanahan and the Broncos – Jags beat him in 97 is still the best moment in Jaguars history, I think, in terms of the playoffs. Um, but it was it was big that night, too. Brian, thanks for the time, man. You got it. Brian Sexton, Jaguars senior correspondent with us, will return with network coverage, the Doug Peterson Show, the head coach in studio with us. Thanks to Kai Stevens. Thanks to Fred Taylor. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and this is Jaguars Happy Hour.